I have to now greet all those online. Good morning, everybody, online and in the church. Welcome to, to City Hill this Sunday morning, which I honestly thought was going to be a lot warmer than what it turned out to be when I walked in. But before we get into anything like that, I just want to say that the presence of God is in this place. There is such a peace in this place right now. And uh, Tim said, he came to me and he said, I'm going to let the worship team go with it. I said, they can just go with it. We don't have to, we don't have to hear wise words if, if that's what God wants to do today. But his presence is the reason we gather, we're alive, we're sustained, we're still here after all that the world has been through. We're still here. We're still breathing. Are you breathing? I might lose this somewhere along the way as we go because it irritates me no end. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on, literally, I'm going to touch on, on something this morning. But I, I want, Holy Spirit, let your word, your, word, your heart, your power uh, come and, and reach into our lives today. That there's nothing that I've said or anyone else, only you. That you take us and continue to transform us into the likeness that you have prepared. Thank you, Lord. Um, I'm going to I'm going to be preaching about that. Believers, now, <laughs> now I have prepared for that. But before I actually get into it, just to um, set the tone of where I'm going this morning. This is a little bit of a personal experience, not testimony, but an experience. Um, I worked for the majority of my life, and uh, I went on early retirement, at the, uh, what, five years ago, I think it must be now. And the day I left the office, I worked that morning, and there was a farewell, and then I came home. And the next morning I got up. And I felt like I needed to be doing something. I was not being productive sitting in bed. So I got up, got in front of my computer, searched all my emails. There were none. Uh, I looked in my diary, my calendars, to see what I should be doing. And I went through this experience for a year at least. My body so programmed, my mind so programmed to having been productive and industrious and making the most of my time and, you know, all the good things, the, the reasons we do what we do or the reasons we tell ourselves we do what we do. And slowly, after that, uh, sorry, Stu, you're right in the back there. I just <laughs> disappeared. Slowly after that, uh, through a period of time and even until this day, I still find I'm being transformed in my mind. Man, I'll tell you what, this old lifestyle, this old indoctrination, this old way of doing things, this old man that just wants to keep going, just wants to keep living. And uh, it's taken me a good while now where I actually, when Verity gets up and goes to school, 
I lay in bed and a cheek of my coffee has been put next to my table and uh, <laughs> not quite, not quite, but it's, it's, it's radically different to what it was. And those of you that have left work or retired or gone on pension uh, may have experienced the same sort of thing. The way you did things for 30 odd years of your life doesn't stop in a day. It takes time to get that out of the system. That's, that's what I'm, that's just highlighting or touching on the things that uh, I want to get into this morning and I won't be long. But if we have a look at the world that I want to say we, we're coming out of, um, yeah, there's still craziness around us and the Bible says it will continue to happen. But I'm not focusing on the craziness. I'm talking about what we've been through. In, in a lot of ways, I had it, we had it, Verity and I had some family over the other day who are not churchgoers, and they said, he said to me, what has happened to the world? It seems upside down. And I thought to myself, that's exactly what's happened to the world. It's upside down. And um, what, what was, what used to be before lockdown across the world, and what things are now, are very different, number one. Number two, they will never come back again. That is water that is passed under the bridge. It's gone. It's gone. Don't try and hold on. Don't try and think one day when I get back to. That was my mindset leaving work. We can hold on to that mindset and we'll be so disappointed for the rest of our lives we'll be standing in the same place. Wondering what on earth is happening because the water's flying this way, but I'm trying to swim upstream and go this way. So, and, and I've also seen a lot of arrogance and, and, and um, confidence. Let's use a nice word. Confidence in Christian lives giving way to fear. It's amazed me how much fear there is spoken amongst believers. And some use this expression... Well, you might have moved it, used it on Tuesday night. That um, if, if, if faith is dropping, fear is growing. If, fear, if faith is rising, fear is, is going down. So if we cannot, if we realize we've reached the place of we are afraid, we need to take stock. Someone used the word take, I think it was you, Paula. This morning, we need to take autumn. We need to take stock of where we are. So, I'm going to start off with a reading. Uh, it's a fairly long reading, and uh, I th- the words will be up. It's Jesus speaking. I've taken it from the NIV, John chapter 15, uh, verse 1 to 12. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will, it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've given you, I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Very important line coming up that he says, No branch can bear fruit. By itself. No branches, they've got that ability. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you, you bear fruit unless you 
remain in me. And going on to verse 5, again he starts, he's drawing his repetitive point to get it into their minds. I am the vine, and you are the branches. I am the vine, we are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Again, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to reach that point in our own life. We need to take stock. or get a, If we don't have a grasp of what Jesus is talking about here, we will move around in circles until one day we finally get it. Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, the church can do nothing. Without me, in your business, you can do nothing. Without me, in your family, you can do nothing. I'm talking about to, to have a peaceful, rewarding God-filled, perfect life that he's died for and given us life pertaining to all things. Okay, let's read on. I want to get stuck on the scripture, and I normally do. I just love the scripture. Um, I'm going to jump straight to seven. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Why? This is to my Father's glory. That you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I've told you this. Why? So that my joy... Listen, you need this. We need this. We need to have this in our lives. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. How many times have we, let's bring it in the context of our own church, but into churches and environments of believers. And man, the last thing you see is joy. You see a lot of other things. Panic. (laughs) Running around, busy. Ah, whatever, going on, grumpy, grumpy because someone took my seat in the second row and I normally sit there, upset because I park upstairs and now that was all full and I've got to park downstairs. Okay. The, uh, most times in any service you can walk in and you will find some people that the joy of Jesus Christ is not in them at that point in time. And we've all been there. I'm there most Sundays and most Tuesdays and most Mondays. <laughs> And most Wednesdays, I'm just asking him. He's going to tell me when it's not when I'm when I'm not there. And how do we keep that? As I said, your joy may be complete. This is a simple. This is all Jesus ever said with regards to commandments. Uh, love each other as I've loved you. Love each other. So now I just want to paint the picture. We've got a world that's gone through this this time of chaos. We may have lives that have been destroyed. We may be going and facing circumstances right now where our world is falling apart and we're trying to grab the the jigsaw puzzle pieces and keep the things together. I said to Verity the other day, it's it's like herding cats. Have you ever tried to herd a a flock of cats? What are they called? They're not a flock, but whatever they are. It's like trying to herd cats, our lives. We're trying to manage the whole process. Okay? 
And right now, what we actually need is to hear what the Spirit of God would say to us this morning. We, we get through this. We will get through this. We will not only get through this as survivors, we will get through this as victors. Amen? We will. Not because of us, but because of Him. But because of Him, we need to hear what He's got to say on the subject. We can't be ignorant and I don't like to talk about hard stuff. Let's just talk about roses. No, let's listen. Let's listen to, to what Jesus has to say. So right now, I think everyone would agree, from personal through to corporate and everything in between, everything is being shaken. Anyone agree? <laughs> our lives, our world, humanity. Oh, in how many ways has humanity been shaken? Nations, governments, I would hate to be the government that looks after KZN because you're second-guessing God on a lot of things and nature and everything else that's going on. So everything that has, has existed has passed away in the context of the church as well. What does that mean? That means we learn from our experiences, we don't throw them away, but we move forward, not trying to hold on to where we've been, but let the flow of the river and the move of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit take us to what he's got for us. Why on earth would we want to go back or stay in the place where God's moved already moved on from? And now, then, now, more than ever, we should be less surprised about what God is doing. Than ever before. Because why? He's told us. He's told us what he's going to be doing. And not only in his word, but in his, in his spirit when we pray and seek him. He speaks to us. We've had prophetic words. In fact, uh, been spitting. Uh, spitting. Well, I've probably been spitting at Stuart. But I've been sitting and uh, <laughs> spending some time with Stuart and a couple of the words that he's had. Just to, we're going to carry on looking through that. But, God is speaking to us and has been for a long time about the fact that he has shaken the world. The world is shaking and he's moving forward. And where we're going to is a good place. Don't hunker for the stuff that was gone. You'll forever be sitting in a scrapyard. Because when a car's rusted and fallen to pieces, you don't sit with it trying to start it in a scrapyard. You leave it and you go and get a new one. That's what... That's what's happening, if I had to put it into a, a, a human context. I've got pages, so I'm a, we'll be quick. We don't have time. Um, this is, a, this is a, key, a key scripture, and if you're taking notes, please take note of this. And by the way, the, con the body, the context, the, the heart of this message really comes from Tyrant Daniels, who... As men go, I'm not overwhelmed and impressed simply because a man is a man of God. I want to see fruit. But this man impressed me completely. Uh, not by what he was doing, not what, by what he looked like, not by what he said, but by the way he imparted wisdom. It actually absolutely was mind-blowing. So here we go. Taking notes. Hebrews 12. 25 to 28. 
See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when he refused when escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we in turn if we turn away from him who wants who warns us from heaven? These glasses. But but let's get the context here. Don't turn away from the voice of the Lord. Whatever that is, don't turn away from it because it might not suit us or it might be something that we don't want to hear right now. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but he has promised uh, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This, our God, is a powerful God. His word not only shakes the earth, but everything in the heavens. His word. And then he says this. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. The created, that is the created thing. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. So what's happening now? Um, I've Siren again. He mentioned 37,000 churches in the U.S. have closed during COVID. 37,000 homes, spiritual homes to people, have closed because of the, the pandemic. And that, that will happen across the world. Things that can be shaken, he's going to shake. And all we're going to be left with is what cannot be shaken. <laughs> Praise be to God. That's, that's the core that's left. Therefore, since we... Now, this is, this is the exciting part. Now we get better. Okay, that was like... Ah, now we're going to start climbing. I'll do this the other way around. Everyone comes into land. I'll take off midway. 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken... Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe for our God is a consuming fire. Hey, hallelujah. Just his word. Just the power of his word is amazing here. We, the world's been shaken. We're not of this world. The kingdoms of, we're not of that kingdom. Our kingdom can never be shaken. Can never be shaken. Hallelujah. Let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably. With reverence. And with awe. For he is a consuming fire. A lot of people think they, they can play games with God. The Bible in another place says God is not mocked. Here it says God is a consuming fire. Let me tell you one person you don't want to mess with in all of creation. That's God. Uh, you can just read the whole of the Old Testament to see that. <laughs> but thanks be to God, he, brought, he gave his only son Jesus to save us and, to, and his grace is upon us. But for those who don't, man, you're setting yourselves up for a hard time. They are, not us. 
Praise be to God, we're not there. We're of this world. So, in wrapping up, what is the biggest threat to the church after going through this thing? The biggest threat, the biggest challenge to the church is this. And let us just, just think about it for a moment. The biggest challenge to the church is division. Is division. I'm going to give you a scripture that you can take home and go and read. A house divided will fall. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. He's not making a proclamation. He's applying wisdom here. You cannot go forward if you're divided on issues. Division is the only thing, and that's obviously what the, our enemy would want us to do, is be, become non-effective and collapse. We have to be united in Christ. Division, there's ways to deal with division in the Bible. There are spiritual and biblical ways to deal with disagreements. There are spiritual and biblical ways to address issues. Why on earth would we apply our own logic and assumption and words from others? What did what uh, Stan say the other night? We, we've, we've got the option, we've got the word of God or we've got the word of Facebook. And uh, some of us spend more time in Facebook believing those words than what we do in the word of God believing that word. But we've actually got this whole thing laid out. It has been given us. But the house divided, we cannot allow division to come in yet. Um, now, after coming out of where we've been, more than ever we need to be praying, praying lots, praying deeply, praying in new ways, asking the Holy Spirit to open up new ways for us to pray, pray ways we've never prayed before. We need to be praying and we need to be spending time in the Word of God. Not anything else, nothing else. Not commentaries, not so, uh, references, not some, uh, some guy, who theologian who lived a hundred years ago. Bless you, Eleanor. Not something like that. The Word, the Bible plus nothing, the Bible minus nothing. There is one Word of God. Hasn't changed. I'm sure he'd let us know if, if this is no longer the reference. This is the only reference that we should be spending time in, in terms of gleaning information, allowing the Holy Spirit to open it up for us. All right. I think, I think I'm going to bring it into land. Uh, just three thoughts, what we need to know. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but the presence of God is far more valuable than the power of God. What we should be praying for and seeking is the presence of God. The power comes with him because you cannot separate the power of God from his presence. Sometimes we pray for the power. Lord, show us your power. Do these things. No, Lord, come and let your presence be with us. And these things just happen. But the Bible actually says that the signs and the wonders, I'm going to read it, I've got you. This is Hebrews 2.4. God also testifies to it by signs and wonders and various miracles. What is 
So if God can testify to his word and to his, his being through signs and wonders, that's what we should, should allow the Holy Spirit to be doing through us as well. Um, so two thoughts there. R- radical, a radical mind now in this time, a radical mind will overwrite commonality. But this is the way we've always done things. This is how churches run. This is what we should be doing. Commonality. What if God's doing it a different way? What if God chooses completely different? We, he says, don't meet in a building anymore. Go meet on the field. No, we can't do that, Father, because that's not our, our discipline. And we mustn't be, and this might be in the workplace, this might relate to family, that family members. We must not be driven by what motivates people. We must be only driven by what motivates God and what God is saying to us. We're not here to tinkle, tinkle around bushes to make people feel good and happy. You either, and we shouldn't be out as well as with an agenda to abuse people or to just, um, um, bring condemnation on people because that's another side of the coin. We should, as Jesus said, with love for one another, we speak truthfully, we follow God. That's what we should be doing. Time to go. Oh, <laughs> you shaking it. It is time to go. We got Justin's going to be coming with his drone any minute. So to close, things have changed. We must be seeking God more now than ever. We must become effective stewards of what has been given to us. We must go back to our core that God has given us. And there's a whole section which I haven't touched regarding the call of God on our lives when we ignore him. But whatever the case may be, we're not going to go into that. We must make sure we go back and revisit with him the call that he's given us. We must be hearing. We must be hearing only God, no man. No man. And although God may move through a man or a woman or an environment, our prayers, Holy Spirit, we want to hear what you've got to say, not what that person's mouth is doing. Only the Bible, no other source. The Bible plus nothing, the Bible minus nothing. Do you want to thank you? I mean, you close off for us. Good, good, good. Just that you're stirred. I, I just, I just, as Colin was sharing, I want to just remind you something, and I'll be, I'll be quick. Remember, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and then they leave Egypt, and they're like, "Yay, we're free! We can go and live the life that God's called us to." And then they go and they hit the sea, and they're like, "Oh well, that's it. We're here to die, and we terror, and we subset, and they're looking back, and they're complaining." And then God performs a miracle, and the sea opens, and they walk through on dry ground. It doesn't say they walk through the. It says they walk through on dry ground, and then they go into the desert. And they're like, yay, we're free again. And then they start hating the desert. And, and the, the whole time, they wanted to look back, look back, look back. And eventually, they get to a place. And this is the point I want to make. They get to a place where they finally reach the promises of God. And they're going to walk into the promises of God. And God said, that's your land. Go and take it. And God's got stuff for us to take. And he's saying, it's yours. Go and take it. But what happens is they send out 12 spies. Ten spies see the opposition and say, we cannot do this. 
It's so much harder than where we've come from. And this is so difficult. And these giants are real. And two spies said, we absolutely can do this. It's a promise of God. His favor is with us. His presence is with us. We are victorious. We will take this land. Twelve spies. Ten said they couldn't do it. Two said they could. How many of them were right? All of them. The ten that said we can, did. Let's not live our lives, as Colin's saying, focusing on what was and how it was and how we wish it was. Let's embrace the promises of God. Let's embrace the miracles of God. Let's go through the challenges and let's embrace the promised land that God has for us. And will there be obstacles and opposition and things like this? Absolutely. But if God says we can, we absolutely will. Right? So we serve a big God. And we're going through stuff. But God is going to see us through. And we are the foundation. The word of God is our foundation. We are alive by his Holy Spirit. We have nothing to fear. When fear goes up, as you said, faith goes down. And we want to be topped up with faith. Let's pray. um, and 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 then we'll go outside and enjoy some fellowship together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we won't be those ten spies who heard the promises of God yet doubted them. Who denied them. I pray, Lord Jesus, we'll be like those two spies who say, these giants are real, but this is the promise of God. So we see the obstacles, but we see that God is bigger than that. May we be like David's, Lord Jesus, who say, who is this that stands against the living God? Culture is screaming what it wants us to believe, Lord, but we believe the word of God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that everyone in this church will walk into the promises of God for their lives and those that are following them. The generations to follow, that follow us, Lord Jesus, will walk into the full promises of God. May we not be those people that grumble and complain and always go on about how bad things are and how good it used to be and how we wish we could go back. But let us run with boldness and enthusiasm into the presence of God. Give us fire, I pray. This Pentecost Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And all of God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen.